Hello and welcome to our next episode of What We're All About. The idea for this podcast came from going through life and figuring things out step by step. In societies that tell you to grow faster, the question comes up if there can be different approaches to life and its pace. Come along with us. To us, it's the journey that counts the most. Hello and welcome to our fourth episode of What We're All About. Hi. This is Sarvelin. And Steve. How has your week been? Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Just been nice and relaxing again. Mm-hmm. Always trying to always keep in mind the situation at the moment and try and remain informed of recent developments and compassionate for others. But otherwise, for me personally, it's been quite a nice, chilled week. Yeah, we're definitely... In a very privileged position that we could continue working on, like partly, basically. Yeah, it's it's been a relatively calm month, I would say, for the coffee business too. Nothing much has changed, but we kind of foresee some developments coming our way with the restrictions loosening up somewhat. Mm-hmm. So we're just starting to consider some options for uh, how to best move forward, which is interesting and exciting, I suppose. Yeah. And another thing that was on Thursday this week. So by the time we upload the podcast, this will be last week. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> well, it was our one year anniversary of being engaged. Yeah. That's and we did get year, some huh? pizzas for it. Yeah, very fast year. Yeah. Eight years together. Yeah, and to think that it was a year ago that we got engaged on Sky and just uh, traveled the island for like a week solid. It was a fantastic week. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah, it's amazing what you can cram into one week. Guys, like, just spend the whole time pretty much driving, exploring, walking, and just taking it easy. Yeah. It was, but it was so like the the time was so rich. Yeah, absolutely. And then also just thinking of how free that trip was. We already thought about that back then, but now it's like. We could go into any sort of shop. We could stop anywhere. Yeah. Definitely different now. Yeah, it was definitely on the extreme end of freedom. Mm-hmm. Just that, especially with the car, because we could access these remote corners of the island. That yeah. If you were a tourist that relied on bus or something, it would be. You'd have to at least think ahead. You know, different really experience. Planning. Yeah. It was very spontaneous for us, and that was just fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. What popped into my mind this week a bit was the thought of who said it first. So kind of, you know, everyone tries to claim that they had the the original idea and did things first. And I definitely used to have that feeling as well because you you feel like you need to have validation from that, something that isn't within you but comes from the outside and I wanted to hear your thoughts on that as well because I think like it's so important to focus on sharing knowledge sharing experiences and yeah I mean especially when we can't physically come in contact so much with other people around us like 
to really keep an open mind and to be willing to support the ones around you rather than being like, I did that first, so you can't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Um, I suppose it always feels nice to be, to be the creator of something special. Because mm -hmm. it's, uh, well, you know, if you're a creator, it kind of suggests or implies directly that you are creative. And I think it just feels intrinsically nice to be creative because you you put your energy into things that you can, you take responsibility for something's development and you can be proud of something that you've made yeah and it's like an extension or a, it's kind of a, a way of expressing yourself so it feels good to do that um but simply I don't really hold much pride in myself for doing things first mm -hmm. like I don't I've never really paid much attention to like the order of of when things are done or, or I just like ideas for what they are I, I'm not really so concerned about who is the creator of of such ideas it's just like yeah. nice to learn about new things whether it's um yeah i guess like it gets into the topic of like plagiarism too so songs being copied or yeah or like um stories being told and stuff but sometimes i just like to consume these things and i don't really think so much about giving full like credit to the person that created it sometimes yeah i, I can enjoy a, a book or a film and then i don't even know where it came from in a sense and i just like it for what it is it's almost more objective um and if i create something i don't really care that people know that i created it yeah even like watching something first or i don't know you know it it goes again like into so many different areas of life but yeah just that fear of so many people that someone might copy them and then it's not like their thing anymore you know like yeah. i think that's kind of ties into the same same topic and same idea sort of like i said it first so therefore like i can like put tips on it and you can't do it kind of thing you yeah, know sort of like, like almost if you're copywriting an idea and you yeah sort of demand or claim that you need like a full share of the profits or the or the revenue this idea or whatever creates mm -hmm. and it should all go to you yeah that's, that's quite bizarre to me i don't, I don't really understand that super random Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just nice that everyone contributes to like the sea of ideas all the time, you know. Yeah, and like, that you get inspired by different people. Exactly. Like we all get inspired by each other and like learn from each other. So it's yeah. kind of like, to me, that idea comes more and more sort of alien to to think like that. You know, to have that fear of needing to be the only person in your your little niche or whatever it is, like. Like, I always like how you say that everyone can, like, everyone brings something else to the table. And to have that yeah. knowledge, like, even if someone would copy you 100%, they would still do it in a different twist or, yeah, for sure. like, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, everybody's contributions are necessary for the overall picture and the overall development of mm -hmm. our species. For example, if you take... The person who apparently created the TV, it's only possible because of the technological advancements made for like the circuitry inside it and even electricity as a whole. So the T like making the TV was like it's just that's just a stage in the whole process. You know, yeah. it's not like somebody literally went from making coal fires to building a TV. Yeah. Like the person maybe somebody like patented or trademarked the first TV, but he or she like relied on previous advancements and like yeah. clever creations up to that point so everybody contributes and it's it basically is all part of like some big picture 
Yeah. So everything interweaves and, and, and sort of like twists and inspires new things amongst other people. So I think that it, things we do are just part of the bigger picture. Yeah, and in that sense, sort of like, you know, who goes the credit to? Because often it's a whole exactly. team doing that. So, but there's always just one person getting the award, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a strange idea. Yeah, I mean, and it can be, you can really like take it apart and take this whole concept much further because if you think about it if I let's just say for example I, I wrote a poem uh, that I was quite proud of and then somebody else wrote a poem that seemed quite similar and they were actually they lived in Berlin too or they were like loosely connected through friends of friends and maybe I would think this person oh this person must have read my poem and they've kind of copied it or they've made a new version mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm not happy with that but what happens if that's not the case and this person has nothing to do with me they've They've never seen the poem, nor do they know of my existence. But they happen to have read many of the same novels yes, that exactly. I've read. Yeah. So um, no wonder we ended up coming out with something similar because we're inspired by the same sources. Yeah. So uh, I don't think anyone can take like ownership of what the inspiration manifests itself as being. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. how is that even possible? Yeah, that's exactly the point I was kind of like thinking about yeah. because it's just... There are certain trends in the world, and then we all like these trends. Yeah. And some of us have more of a feeling for it, like a bit before that wave comes, maybe, and some of us aren't, or different points of life and yeah. things like that. So it's just so weird to then again create more barriers and think, like, oh, you must have read my thing, so therefore, like, you try to copy me. It's like, yeah. even if that person read your poem, then it should be like, you should be so happy that they then try to create yeah. something like that yourself and yeah. themselves. So, like, I know it's it's not always easy because it's this elbow culture, but just to see, I really learned that from you as well, just to see more, like, that means they look up to you. That means they think what you're doing is great. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think about this more and I'd like to look into maybe what brought around this sort of attitude and, and wanting to have tight ownership over your ideas and, you know, and defend them from, from plagiarism. Yeah. But I think it must have came from, like, the, the advent of being able to monetize ideas in any way at all. So, mm -hmm. you know, people think that if they create something, whether it's an idea or a story, it could be sold for money. And the, the, so they could basically profit off it. And that they probably feel like the profit should all go to them. Yeah. And, you know, the more profit that goes to others with similar ideas, the, the less profit they get. So it's more like the, basically, when these kind of ideas are turned into like fuel to become a currency, there's more, you know, there's more to lose type thing. Like, you know, maybe there's like a 15-year-old woman in Sweden who's like going to start making the most incredible jazz music, but she learned from like Miles Davis, you know, so um, her ability is only, is only a product of what came before her, but is Miles Davis going to say, like, oh, I think you're sort of tapping too much into my style. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think you should actually hold that record back or try and do something more unique. Like, that's, it can't be the case because it's just part of a huge, huge picture. Mm -hmm. It's, like, multi-layered and this is just, like, the icing on top, you know? Yeah. And we should all just be happy to share, ideally. Absolutely, yeah. And I think to remind ourselves of that as well. Yeah, totally. I think I can understand it in terms of, like, business ideas because that's what the whole sort of you know, this is a field where everybody mm -hmm. knows what they're getting into. It's like business is kind of different from just life in general because yeah. it's, it's a, it is the, 
the whole scheme at work is making money and like protecting ideas. So I can understand why, of course, you might be worried if somebody steals your business idea. Yeah. Because like they literally might get there first. But we don't have to apply like this like business kind of line of thought to But everything. then again, like you always say, you know, then for some reason it wasn't your path at that point. Absolutely. And then you will come up with a different idea again. Like I really try to <laughs> sort of adapt that thought p pattern from you. And I think it's really valuable because even, yeah, even if someone copies your idea and then get there first, that's of course a bit of a more challenging thing because you think... I did the same thing and I know they copied me Yeah. Um, and now they're successful with it. But for some reason, like to have that knowledge, I myself can trust myself and come up with mm -hmm. other things Yeah. Um, and have new ideas. And for some reason, this wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what you said a minute ago that we should always try and remind ourselves of this because I think it's totally inevitable that you will experience some frustration if you sort of invest like two years of time into like a concept, you, you plan to turn into a business and then, you know, mysterious out of the blue, someone in your neighbouring city does the same thing and sort of like capitalises on that entirely. So mm -hmm. you have no chance anymore because you're not like the trailblazer. I can understand how that can make you feel quite disappointed or like, oh, you missed the boat. But, you know you should be happy that you had the ability to come up with an idea that's turned out to be a success. So it's actually like, it proves to you that your idea works because yeah. you had the same idea yeah. and you have the right skills to hopefully continue and, you know, maybe do something better. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like when I write a song or something like that, like like the, the biggest source of excitement or, or happiness I get from writing the song, if it turns out to be something that I like, is basically it reaffirms uh, my self-belief that I can create things I'm happy with. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I've created the song, I have like 10 minutes of joy thinking, oh, I've written a song that's really cool. I can't wait to get out there. But the resounding feeling is I'm actually happy that I'm someone who can come up with this level of, of stuff now. Yeah. So that's more what it's about. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like a little like personal certificate that I am at this stage of ability now. And that's like a nice feeling. Yeah, know? absolutely. If we take the example that you used to write poems when you were younger, do you think that the satisfaction that you got from writing the poems came from the belief that you created something completely unique and you wanted to be the first to publish it? Or was it just fun to come up with this and realise you had this ability to write something really sort of poignant or beautiful? Or was it more about taking ownership and being the first? No, it was definitely more just like being able to have some sort of voice that I didn't necessarily have in school or maybe in other circles. And yeah, that just gave me sort of the freedom to just create without the purpose of having to publish it, without yeah the need to, to spread it around. Of course, I was happy when I sometimes thought oh, this is a really nice one, I will show my family. Of course, it was nice to get some feedback, but even then it didn't make me feel better when I shared it, you know. Like, And I realized that it's mostly when I just wrote something down and then was like, okay, this is completed and there are no, no rules to how I have to create it. 
but I can just have that freedom and write whatever I want. Yeah, so it was a feeling of like true inner joy and confidence that you found in yourself for creating something, for kind of like manifesting your ideas into something that um, you put on paper, then you really were proud of what you created yourself before you were thinking um, what the effect it might have on people you show it to. It's mm -hmm. purely just like an inwards feeling of pride yeah. and joy. Yeah, it was like some sort of outlet, I guess, you know, like to somehow express myself. I always like liked writing if it was poems or journaling or whatever. So, yeah, did you have that voice? What about you? Did you have any sort of practices when you were younger? How did you spend your time by yourself? Um, I didn't really start playing music until I was 20, and that's like a typical kind of outlet for creativity I think mm -hmm. and that's that's the one I adopted because I didn't do art I'd never consider myself to be yeah like an artistic type of person or definitely not a writer either um I just sort of stumbled into music but before that um I was yeah, more like the teenage years you know yeah, like there was nothing I in particular like um, for me that was such a struggle to like deal with any emotions that came up and things like that did you have any of those struggles when you were in your teenage years or yeah I, I definitely had some struggles like family problems and stuff like that but I didn't have I can't really pigeonhole in a way what I did to express these feelings it was more just like I was quite vocal I suppose to my inner circle so I just I you know I'm lucky that I, I had really close friends and um, even my brother at the time was like a really good listener and um, someone I could talk to so I spent a lot of time just simply vocalizing my thoughts um, And it was like, yeah, it was quite a sort of anarchistic mindset that I adopted. It was like ranting a lot about the state of society and whatnot. Yeah, I think um, we all did at some point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just spent a lot of time outdoors and stuff like that and just trying to, I guess I was doing small things that could be considered to be creative. Like we just made up games outside or just mm -hmm. we were, we trialed out different sports that we never thought They would try, you know, like I wasn't a footballer, but I decided let's just let's organize some football games like like a sort of evening five aside thing, which was kind of creative because you're bringing you're creating a new community event, you know, yeah. and sort of running it, stuff like that. But it I wasn't mean, until my later years that I'd really started to kind of uh, express and illustrate my thoughts through something like music. Yeah. I mean, I like had these hour long conversations with friends, of course, as well, I think you know, where you go into like little rants and think like you can do things better when you're older and things like that. But I mean, also like your sort of alone time, was there any time that you spent by yourself when you were younger where you had these sort of like outlets of, and I mean, I didn't, I never thought, oh, I'm being creative now. I just thought I have these like thoughts in my head and I need to somehow just let them out. Maybe like to sort of structure them a bit more to understand them a bit more and to kind of give them like a voice to say it's okay to have all these feelings and thoughts you know yeah definitely yeah. help me deal with them absolutely I really really got into film and um and tv shows when I was like about 16 to 18 um I know that's a hugely popular pursuit now is getting is watching Netflix and stuff like that but I feel like Back then, it was slightly less common, um, especially different, yeah. it was different, and it was like it was more like a niche thing. And I felt like I was watching quite niche films and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of my earned money on 
kind of uh, international art house films. Yeah. So in a sense, I was sort of like um, privately curating a list of, of films and TV shows and stuff like that, different forms of media, which I felt that I could identify with and which um, if viewed upon could illustrate my sort of uh, societal or political stance or my thoughts, like yeah. this is what I consume. Um, so this could summarize the things that I feel passionately about or mm-hmm. the characters in the film or the stories portrayed are things that I identified with. So it was kind of like a voice, even though it was, um, you know, I was an observer of these things, but I was kind of actively seeking out these films that I, I believe that I shared a lot in common with. Yeah. So it felt kind of creative in that sense, but you know, I wasn't making these films. So it's to a certain level, of course. I mean, that was definitely an aspect of connecting when we first met as well. Like, yeah. like loving certain movies. I mean, lots of them are quite popular as well, of course, yeah. but like also that we paid like really close attention to film music I think that was like when we liked movies and watched them that was not that common to like sometimes I used to watch like a scene over and over again just because I liked the music in them yeah yeah so it seems like we're sort of really um we've stumbled across the realization here that one of the greatest sort of effects that creating an idea or creating something has on a person is the sort of is the the value of expression it gives you yeah so it helps you define who you are to yourself but I guess that's where there's a difference between like defining yourself to yourself and feeling like you need to be recognized for that mm-hmm. and that's what people seek when they when they want to be kind of classified as the first person to come up with this idea the first person to write this story it's like global well maybe not in global recognition like any form of recognition from the outside yeah as if their own recognition is not enough but as but before the point of receiving uh, global recognition or yeah even more localized amongst your friends or whatnot, you should already take a lot of joy in the fact that you have managed to express yourself to yourself. Yeah, and absolutely. and find out more about yourself. And to have that conversation, sort of. Exactly, because that can be so fascinating, especially for a younger person. Yeah. When you're like during your formative years, when you're like a teenager, and you think, and you suddenly realize that oh, actually. I didn't know I could think like that. This mm-hmm. is really cool and I have valid thoughts, you know. Um, when you were creating a poem as well, did you ever think about that you wanted to, like, was ever your ambition to be recognized at some stage for it? Did you ever think that you had to keep these things secret or did you ever think that, like, the older you got, the more you'd have to, like, protect your your work and take it seriously and turn it into, like, a business or was it always just purely a way for you to like vent your your feelings good question i mean no i never really thought of like i never had the need of sharing it or yeah no i i guess i wasn't really that confident to then think i would want to turn this into a business because i always just thought okay that's my way of expressing something but I, yeah, I didn't even put too much thought into it, to be honest. I just did it. And I mean, I did want to become a writer at some point, like, but then school often tells you to not do it or... Squashes your confidence. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess, also why I started writing poems, because there no one could, could tell me, oh, this is not in the right tense or this is not structurally right you know like 
do that again because you won't get anywhere with that, you know? In, in poems, I was like, I can be my own like teacher and I can be my own student, so... Yeah, yeah. you wonder how much amazing work or ideas we could be exposed to if people felt more comfortable to share as, yeah. as they work, you know? Absolutely. Rather than having to keep things secret until maybe, for, for example... Maybe someone doesn't want to share their work because they feel, first of all, they're not confident to because it's not up to the level of their peers or mm -hmm. they feel like society tells them this isn't good enough yet. Yeah. But it might be amazing stuff or amazing ideas people have. And also, on top of that, people might keep things under wraps until they feel like they can really turn into a, like a, a truly competitive business. So if somebody has like a great idea for, I don't know, a, a beneficial community project or something maybe it doesn't it, the idea will never surface because there's no way to turn it into like a competitive business whereas they should just maybe share the idea let go of it or maybe they feel like yeah, they're not able this, to lead these things properly the thought of the imposter syndrome you know yeah like that has been talked a lot about and i'm definitely i can relate to that a lot like thinking you're not good enough at it or you're not worthy of it, so therefore you shouldn't share it. You know, that's definitely true. a big factor to that one as well. So that's a different facet to this whole thing because it might not only be you being scared of sharing your idea, but you thinking it's not good enough. Yeah. So I guess it's about that balance again as well. But definitely sharing is always nicer. And even if you get... I guess then you learn as well to to manage more feedback that might be that might sound more negative to you um, because you learn quicker to deal with that and you learn quicker to have your own opinion about it and be confident with it. So I often like didn't share it because I thought it wasn't good enough, but also I guess because I was afraid of any sort of negative feedback. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So the other side of the coin is that if you're an artist, so we've established that the most important thing for an artist shouldn't be the feedback upon releasing an idea or a piece of art, but it should just be the self-satisfaction of um, like the joy that you've created something you're now proud of. But the other side of the coin is that um, it's a very well-established idea that the best way to develop yourself as an artist or someone creating things in general is to is to open yourself up to feedback and criticism. Yeah. So basically, if you, that's the definitely the plus side of doing so. You should because you can't really grow in a sense until you get used to the fact that you are always exposed to those who might want to criticize you. Yeah. Or you know they might want to, um, give you, give you a claim because what you've done is great. But both like negative and positive will have a building of a strengthening effect on you as somebody who is you develop like a thicker skin. Yeah. You develop your own confidence. So. The only way you can basically get used to the idea of, of this like scary feedback is is actually by going through it, mm -hmm. and therefore you have to kind of do it. So yeah. it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You really have to get used to the feedback in order to not care about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't know when that sort of flipped, but at some point it definitely sort of changed for me, and I was like, now I'm more just like wanting to share anything I create because it's like, oh. If people don't like it, it's also fine, you know? Yeah. Like, there's not so much thought of going into the afterwards of completing a project. It's more like, I'm so proud now that I completed this and that yeah. I did this. I want to share it because I put a lot of time into it. So Yeah, and ultimately it's a cool thing to share it because 
it's you know it might as well be outside there for other people to enjoy in any capacity at all rather than just being in your own head mm-hmm. and then therefore you might even forget about it so it completely disappears from the face of the planet and I, I look back to sometimes when I've had ideas in the past whether they were like you know business ideas or ideas for something creative and I've just kind of thought that I wasn't at the stage or the ability yet to really materialize it in a good way so I just kind of in a sense I'm thinking let's pass that up for now and I might revisit it in two years when my scale is appropriate for it I'd take it further mm-hmm. but the chances of that happening are so slim because you develop new interests and you yeah. basically proceed in life and you forget about it yeah so imagine it was more common for us to basically not be afraid of losing original ownership of an idea we just it was more commonplace for you just to let things go mm-hmm. out into the public like if you have yeah, a cool true. idea it's just we talk about it and we open up to maybe you have the, the appropriate skills to let skills. things go is a really good one I think yeah like you have the skills like you know all I can contribute as a rough idea here but I think it has some like charisma to it and some some worth I can't turn it into business because I'm not a business person yet mm-hmm. I might be there in five years but now I don't have the experience so what about you? Do you do you want to take it further, and not even ask for something in return? Because what's the op- what's the other option? It just fizzles away to nothing. Yeah. But you can just let it out into the world, and maybe it's going exactly. to develop, provide opportunities for people. Yeah, and being able, like, I really like that term, letting go, in this sense as well, actually, um, because being able to let that go is also kind of sharing it with the world, so the world can be able to maybe learn from it to. Yeah, develop it further if you want to. But even if it's just there for people to get another insight, another perspective on things. Yes, good one. Yeah, and you should always feel confident that your idea is capable of growing something larger than just maybe your your initial modest belief because everything starts as a simple idea. Like everything is born as a, like a, a very like rudimentary intention, um, just a simple desire, but who knows what it can develop into like things go through like a million stages between initial basic conception to fully fledged functioning thing in society mm. you know you know you think oh i don't have the, I, what do i know about running like a community project i've never ran a business well if it's a great idea it's a great idea yeah it's got potential someone else with the appropriate skills could really like make this and turn this into something so beneficial for other people yeah and all areas like not o- only about businesses but like for your creative approach as well. Absolutely. If you take it in the for if you think about music, for example, you get people who have a, just a great understanding of of melody, but maybe can't play any instrument. Mm-hmm. But they seem to be able to whistle a great tune, or they can just they can pick out which tracks are actually fantastic, which ones aren't. They just have a feeling for music, but they can't play. That's also that's a talent. It's one we don't really have a name for yet. I think maybe we do. I just don't know it, but. Imagine the, the this person who created something like just or had the idea for a great song but was not a musician. They could vent that idea to somebody who could turn it into a fantastic piece of art. Mm-hmm. But I guess they might they might not because it's still they're too worried that their idea will get stolen and yeah. profited upon by someone else but them. Yeah, it's a shame when fear takes over, and then also I guess fear and ego when your ego is sort of like making you too big in your head, thinking like, yeah, everything needs to be sort of signed by you. Yeah. In a sense, it seems like we're all being taught throughout our time in school and uh, university and even like our first ventures into business, that indeed business is the most important aspect of life and society. 
and that you have to be concerned about how how you make your money and then how you protect your money. But maybe should be a, there should be more teaching on how to be creative without the belief that your creations need to be monetized. So in school, you're basically taught about the importance of being creative and feeling like you can loosely create things without, in a sense, analyzing it too much. Like the only, I think the only thing in school that you you do that's seemingly truly creative without any pressure of, um, you know, your progress being, it seems like the only creative pursuit in school is maybe drama, for example, or music, but even learning music in school, you kind of have to learn like, you know, traditional pieces and you're quickly being uh, tested on your ability. So yeah. it's not really so much about creation, it's more, it's still like quite a, like a, a rigid system that you're having to learn. Yeah. In drama, it seems to be quite free-flowing. Um, but that's only one thing, you know, not everyone wants to act. So, but there seems to be like a yeah, loose approach really to learning drama. it really depends as well. It really depends on your depends teacher. Depends on my teacher. And their ideology, yeah, exactly. My teacher it, was like really strict about like just well, having certain pieces. Which is not know? the point at all, is it? Exactly. Like with the music thing as well, like my, my teacher was an older guy. You know, he was a fantastic piano player, but he was so strict. Like, yeah, he never once said to us, like, just sit down in front of that keyboard and see what comes out of you. Yeah. It was like, there was a curriculum which we had to go through and you were tested every week. And if you didn't pass, then you, you fell behind, which was a right shame for it. It made people feel super nervous and yeah, stifled any creative drive at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that should come out of you, yeah. yourself, and not because someone puts it strictly upon you. Yeah. And... Yeah, then there's always like sort of fear connected to creativity in a way. Exactly. And it's still be the first one to get there because you're up against competition. Yeah. Like the overall message in school was definitely, and even in university was, um, if you realize that you, well, first of all, you need these abilities, otherwise you're going to fall behind in life. You're going to be on benefits and you will be really unproductive. So you need to, you need to develop these skills now because it's necessary to have a nice life, you know, i.e. lots of money. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, there yeah. seemed to be no onus put on the fact that it's just a beautiful thing to, to you know, create energy and create ideas without, and, and to be free-flowing with that and to not be sort of fearful of opposition. Like, the, the overall message was you're going to be up against serious competition your whole life, you know, job interviews, careers, um, people fighting for the same job, even just fighting for survival. That that was the idea, like that, the way I spelt out there sounds really terrifying, but it was subtly drilled into you that life is super serious. There's no time for mucking around. Yeah, Like absolutely. you need to get, there was this whole idea that you need to take things very seriously and get your act together now because you're going to be facing very strict competition. And if you don't rise to the top, you're kind of worth nothing. But nobody ever just said like, let's, you know, let's take a bit of a break from this. Life isn't about competition. Life is about um, nurturing your your creative ambition. Maybe you've got a voice inside you that's quite unique. Um, maybe at some point you're going to want to explore that a little bit. So let's like, let's exercise that now. And you don't have to worry about people stealing your ideas because it's not important. The idea is not important. It's the ability to create ideas. And just to give kids confidence to spend time thinking in a creative manner rather than, oh, I'm growing into a world here, which is which only favours um, strong competitive you know bullish people yeah. who can rise to the top because yeah. that it's that's like a really extreme way to live mm-hmm. and it's like quite terrifying for any any young adult yeah yeah i mean that's definitely how we both were taught and educated in our 
growing up phases. It's funny, we both kind of wear the competition dropouts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just not willing to put up with any sort of competition. I'm, I always kind of zoned out when there was competition. I couldn't be bothered with it. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's a shame because it, if I'd been told when I was like, you know, 10 or 11 that you don't need to worry about like sort of performing for society. You just need to focus on developing like inner happiness and you might have these creative ideas at some point and maybe they'll mean more to you than um, than your potential for any said career. But it was never like, nobody ever said that this is the most important thing, you know. Don't worry if you feel like you're not ready for these like, these typical, uh, these typical sort of rites of passage, you know, like getting your first like high paying job or buying your first car as a 19 year old or whatever. It was, there was no sort of loose feeling given to you like that it wasn't just you know this is a world where you can do anything like it's it's great to just try things and don't worry if someone mm-hmm. gets their first because you'll get a second shot you'll get your third shot and you know for every idea that you lose or for every idea that you come out with and you let it out into the world and somebody else maybe turns it into like a business before you 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 still learn something from that yeah and you know I, I just think the fact that like because you know if you're so worried about your ideas being plagiarized the fact that someone else got there first, like, well, they were just able to do it quickly. Yeah. So I don't understand what the alternative you force yourself, like, is is your main priority about being the first? Like, why? Yeah, it's you weird. Know? Wait till your time naturally comes mm-hmm. and it lets you grow and you'll actually have more experience by that time and you can probably do a better job of it. Yeah, and you'll be ready for it. You'll be of. ready for yeah, it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a funny idea. Which definitely ties into the whole competition as well. Yeah. In terms of that growth and developing and learning yourself is also like what we talked about before in the episodes as well, like sustainable growth in the terms of who's paying for your growth. You know, so if you have this like big, competitive approach to things then you might leave other people behind but it would be so much nicer to work together and to grow together I've definitely experienced that in jobs before where I just wasn't up for trying to make the other person look bad you know so I left the job that's just what it is yeah like and there is other ways of growing without leaving the other ones behind. Yeah. I guess it's, it's very difficult in a capitalist society where basically ideas are money. So people, of course, want to be like, and typically the most money is paid to the most original idea. So people are definitely, you know, I think it's fine. Like we all like, I think it's fine to exist in the business world, this sort of approach, because it's almost the very foundation of business. So I understand it. It's just a shame when this kind of leaks into other avenues of life you know creativity and just general being like I understand if a company has their new sort of like their new idea is going to be their next master plan is going to bring their company to the next level I get it they want their their ideas to be yeah protected copyrighted or whatnot because it's necessary to their survival yeah but is it really necessary well that's, like if yeah, you're working on a project like you often said that before as well if you're working on a project and then maybe someone else 
will try to copy your ideas. Like, you will probably be at a different stage already of planning this whole thing. Yeah, and I still think there should be another way of doing business as well. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing to decide upon because if you think about it, let's say a company invests all their profit or all their revenue into the next stage. So like whatever they're creating, they have this fantastic idea they're working on. So they literally invest all their profits into creating this said thing. But then, you know, seven by about 75% completion, the idea leaks. Someone takes the idea, a more profitable company, and can turn this thing from idea into fruition quicker, and they release the product or whatever into the market and it does better creating very little demand for the second provider to come around, mm -hmm. i.e. the creator of the idea. That could be seen as like a big disaster because they've invested all this cash, now someone's done it before them. That's definitely frustrating and I can see why that would be like really sad for the person with the original idea. However, one could also say that, well, they had just planned their business wrongly. Like they shouldn't have invested it, like put all their eggs in one basket and maybe they're doing things too quickly. They're actually on a fast track to somewhere Maybe they should have just taken things slower. They still, their basically their priorities were all wrong. The priority should be uh, just the development of ideas rather than being the first. Maybe yeah, they were still too careless or they were still too misguided, and it was a, unfortunately yeah, it was a know, result of this misguidedness. Especially during this whole pandemic lockdown period, like you always there's always the chance of some sort of disaster, and then you'll just deal with it you know you're never 100% sure that your idea will be the right one or your idea will be the one that succeeds you True. know and that shouldn't be your motivation for True. creating ideas and creating different yeah businesses or creative paths True. So basically what you're saying is it's a bit like business is like a game and if we want to become players we need to accept the rules and conditions of the game before we enter it We all, we all know that it's a free capitalist society, apparently. Don't get involved in business. Well, I think players, is, can we find a different word for players? Like Participants. Participants, maybe. Yeah. Because I guess we all know that what the rules are. You know, someone can come along and, and take the idea, create an, an idea that's very similar to it and capitalize on it before you can. And if we are not happy with that, if, if our life, if we can't deal with that happening... If our company, maybe our company can't deal with it, the company goes under, end of story, move on, create a new project. Yeah. If you if you personally can't deal with that failure, if it's going to bring you into a deep, dark depression, which you can't pull yourself out of, you should have been more aware of that. You shouldn't get into this if you're not ready for it. Exactly. Because you can always, you, you can always fall back on the support of friends and loved ones. If that's not enough for you, if your entire happiness rests on the success of your company, then you've probably got issues elsewhere. Yeah, but, you know, let's also replace company, business, whatever, for life. Yeah. You know, in general, we need to learn how to deal with failures yeah. and turn them into actual, like, positives of our story Yeah. because there will always be challenges along the way and it's about how we deal with those yeah. challenges, you know. Like, I think it's about the dealing of any sort of surprise situation Yeah. along the way and then it's definitely nicer to bring your ideas out there to the world. Never know what will happen. Yeah, so it's almost like basically what we're saying is we all have an obsession or like, you know, modern people have an obsession with control over their lives. So yeah. it's basically 
the reason we want lots of money is that, you know, we believe the more money we have, the more we can curate our situation to suit our needs and mm-hmm. kind of like distance ourselves from things we don't like. Or, you know, you can you can buy, you know, you can buy a really, really expensive house. You can have all the amenities you want because this will provide you like unlimited comfort. If you're scared about your safety, you can buy the most expensive health insurance. You could even employ security if you have like a mansion or whatnot. Or you can you can invest lots of money. So you've always got yeah, you sort of you're accruing money in the background. You're kind of like controlling your safety. But we should all be kind of happy enough with just being, mm-hmm. and and we're more flexible. We'll deal with whatever comes our way because yeah. who's to say that you should have control over that? So it's kind of like just opening up our minds again to there are forces at work that are bigger than us. And we are just participants in this whole thing. Yeah. And just wait and see what life throws you because it's going to happen anyway. And sometimes, no matter how much money you have, it's going to be a challenge to you. Mm-hmm. So I think the sooner you accept that, probably the more comfortable you can become with that fact. Yeah, and then to turn these challenges into opportunities, which doesn't mean that there isn't hardship going on during the course of our life. But, yeah. Yeah. To see that more as a positive, even though that might be a different feeling in that moment. Yeah. Right. I think that was it for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. And do we have maybe any practice that we could all try out for this week? Anything that comes to mind? Maybe we could all think about something you've created recently or some new skills you've developed that are just fascinating to you to have and you're proud of yourself for having made these advancements and you're not so concerned about what the feedback might be or what the result on the outside world might be. It's just purely for yourself, whether it's a new work of art or yeah, something interesting you've done or, or that you want to do. Okay, cool. So let's all think about that over the next week and we will share something as well. And also, again, thanks a lot for the feedback on the other episodes there have been like quite a few people reaching out to me about the first episode and they then have reached out to other people and reconnected so it's really nice to hear let us know if you have done that yourself as well and how that felt yeah thanks a lot again for listening yeah thanks for listening see you next time see ya